You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad where our hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Jacqueline Peterson and joining me in the quad today is Carly Rubach. Hello. Azure Mahara. Hello. And Lynn Molitor. Greetings. So Carly, I wanted to start off with you today. You wanted to bring up a topic that can potentially impact many recent college graduates. Yes, I read a couple articles, one from the resources section of our website, and it was talking about how recent college grads are still having a difficult time finding jobs, and sometimes there's the instance where your degree isn't quote-unquote marketable, so... I'm wondering what advice we can give to some recent college grads who are maybe have an English or even a rhetoric degree, and they're trying to, I'm thinking of my brother who has a rhetoric degree. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know how, you could have a rhetoric degree. I, I don't even know what you that can. is. <laughs> and how you can apply the skills from English, you know, you have writing and communication skills from that, so how can you apply that to, you know, a more common job in the real world? So like transferable skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think transferable skills are key to anyone. One thing that we like to tell our job seekers is when you're looking for a job online to sort of look at the job description and understand that when an employer writes that, that's their perfect 10. That's like, you know, someone just falls out of the sky and is like, this is would be the perfect answer to exactly what we're looking for. Many times, the person that you end up going with is not always going to fit it as a perfect 10. They might have the majority of, of the attributes that you're looking for, and then the other ones you can slowly work on with them. So one way um, to help yourself de- decide if you're a good fit for the job is to sort of break down the job description into a T-chart. And basically, when you put a T-chart together, you just take a piece of paper, you fold it um, vertically, kind of like a hot dog, you know, and <laughs> on one side of the uh, paper, you basically break down the sentences of what the employer is looking for. So if they lo- they're looking for someone who's a team player, write that down. If they're looking for someone who has um, four to five years of experience working with Excel, write that down. Whatever it is and sort of break it down. And then on the opposite side of the piece of paper, write down your experiences and how they match up with that. And then that's how you can build your resume, and then create your cover letter. So that's one way to really sort of hone in and say, okay, where am I a fit? Now, you're going to have gaps because you're not going to match everything that they want. But if you're, you know, over like 50% of it, give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Because I've actually heard someone say, if you don't ask, the answer is going to be no. So... I think you do have to be ready, though, for the, the question of this was the degree that you pursued and what what was your end game? What did you have in mind? Right. What was the job that you thought that you'd be working towards? Um, I think that it's probably harder to come up with an answer if you're right out of school versus, you know, you t- you had a business degree, you got a business job, and it was like, oh, boy, this isn't a fit for me, but I have transferable skills to do another job that maybe I didn't go to school for, but I think I'm qualified nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of going off of what Lynn says too, or said, um, it, I think that if you are a little bit more, think outside the box with your degree. So and I, they actually mentioned something like that in the article um, that was on our resources section. But he had said, you know, if you have, um, for example, a PR degree, 
um, and you can't get a public relations job, maybe look into something that would be close to that, an advertising or something like that, and just try to try to find a close a close second. Right. Yeah, and I think the T chart is a great way to kind of um, discount or try to figure out which jobs you do have a shot at. If you know it's not matching up, then maybe that's not the right one. But. Yeah, and I should have said that. That's what the T chart for is for. To if you're trying to focus on transferable skills, if you're going right. from one industry to another, that's that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. And I would say, you know, talk to if you're unsure of how uh, your skills may transfer to other other um, professions, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your family members. Um, sometimes they can identify some of your um, strong skills more than you may realize in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we have a skill that we're good at, but we just kind of assume and take it for granted. But another person on the outside may look at you and say, oh, you have strengths in, in a number of areas that you're not giving yourself credit for. Right. Yeah, and this article, was, I thought it was pretty interesting picking out um, some skills from a few different majors and with English talking about, you know, you learn the craft of communication and that's really important if you're pursuing, a, you know, a job in communications and philosophy was talking about um, you learn critical thinking, chain of reasoning, evaluating evidence, and this person could apply that towards like a job in journalism. And so it was pretty interesting, I thought. That's good. So that's all good stuff. And hopefully we've been able to give our job seekers some tips about working on those transferable skills using that T-chart. And actually, if you're not registered onto our website, you should register as a job seeker because then you can get access to our online library of resources. If you go to the Get Hired tab, you can access an example of a transferable uh, T-chart skill example and a bunch of other stuff, resumes, cover letters, and and whatnot. Um, So... Switching gears to our next topic, let's say that you actually have a job, okay? And, you know, you really shouldn't take it for granted, should you, Azure? No, you should not. Um, I wanted to talk today a little bit about um, being respectful in the workplace. And I know we've kind of touched on this on previous episodes in the quad, but I kind of want to talk about it in a whole. Um, For example, you know, just cleaning up after yourself. Um, I've seen when people have had a bad day and they come in and they're really only watching their attitude towards their boss, but maybe not to their their equals or you know people other coworkers around them. They're being a little bit more snippy. Um, respecting the dress code, you know, just because you can wear that to work doesn't mean that you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And by can, I mean just because you look good in it doesn't mean. You know what I mean? Because it's just you, you should just be respectful of that. Um, music is another thing too. I think you know having the same. Music, if if like in our, our in our office, um, we do a pretty good job of always rotating different music, and we have satellite radio, and we take turns. But um, I've also worked in other places where they've had the same satellite radio, and it's the same station. And as soon as somebody changes it to something else, they put the other station back on. And just having respect for your coworkers, and I kind of look at it the same way you look at when you first move into your dorm room and you meet your roommate, and you're both there for one reason. You're both there to get work done. Um, you have to be really respectful because you're in the same space. Um, you see this person day in, day out. And, you know, you have that, that really walking, treading lightly kind of uh, mentality when, you have, when you're in that situation. So what advice, um, you know, do you guys have anything to say about that for, for in the workplace? I had to laugh because I think, you know, in the prep for this, you had talked about cleaning up after yourself. <laughs> I never go in our kitchen. 
because there's nothing. I don't drink coffee, so I don't go in there. Well, I went in there this morning, and there's coffee grounds all in the sink. And I'm like, <laughs> there were three coffee drinkers in there, but, you know, they were they didn't make the coffee, so they didn't look in the sink. And I'm like, why am I cleaning of coffee grounds? <laughs> and the, the bizarre thing is someone had to have put those coffee grounds there. So mm-hmm. they knew that they had put the coffee grounds there. I've actually been in the kitchen um, before, and this this was a while ago, um, but somebody had taken, they had eaten oatmeal in the morning and then just filled it with water and just left it on the sink. Right, just, yeah. Just take the extra two minutes to wash it. <laughs> doesn't need to soak. This isn't your house. Right, yeah. <laughs> you could take that two minutes to wash your dish, you know. I have two favorites. One is when you um, bring in something to share and then I, I've said this before. You bring in something to share, like, let's say, uh, I don't know, cookies or something. And it's obviously in, in a Tupperware. And then – or it could be disposable Tupperware, you know. Right. And then you go back in later, I don't know, fill up your water bottle, whatever it is. And then that disposable Tupperware is still there with no cookies in it. And you know that last person who had the cookie, all they had to do was toss out right. mm-hmm. the bag and the box, whatever it came in. But they don't. They right. just leave it there. And it's like, oh, so you're waiting for someone to come in and – Right. Pick this up. Another thing, too, is um, I love soup. And you have to put, and it doesn't have to be soup, but whatever you're putting in the microwave, you have to put a cover over it. Even if it's like a paper plate. (laughs) I mean, if you even put beans in there, they can, like, explode. And I just don't understand why you would want to put your nice food that you just brought into a dirty microwave. It's just disgusting to me. Cover Yes. Your food, even <laughs> yeah. if it's with a paper plate or a napkin, cover it. I expect the same at my home, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I would hope I would see that at work, yeah. too. And speaking of microwaves, too, um, the the person that makes popcorn every single day at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and then it burns. And then it burns. <laughs> and then the whole office smells like burnt popcorn. Like, you're going to make popcorn. There's some offices that... that yeah. Ban popcorn. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, I think like hospitals and where there's like patients or, or uh, customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's no good. And going along with respect, if, um, if that level of respect is lost in any way, I think it can create sort of a negative work environment and that's your environment. So why would you want to, you know, be in a, like a negative area? So I just think it's important to have the respect and then it's good. It's no problems. Yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, if you're, if you're doing something that's going to be disrespectful for a coworker, um, for example, I'm in the kitchen and Jacqueline sees me grab the last cookie and then I just walk out. She's going to be like, seriously? And she'll throw away the, the container. Um, but next time, like, something minor might happen, she's going to be like, well, that's Andrew. She's just kind of rude. You know what I mean? So you're, you're I building. I think that's human nature. Right. You're building a perception of yourself and you might not even be meaning to. Um, but just because you see these people every day doesn't mean that they're your family. doesn't mean that they're always going to love you. So <laughs> play different music. Be respectful with your, your cleaning up and your eating habits. <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes when you aren't respectful in the workplace, it can backfire. Um, or on a more positive note, um, you know, things change. Things are constantly evolving in a workplace. So whether you got pulled off a project or now the project has halted or switched gears or there's something new with it, um, change is constantly occurring. That's how we evolve. That's how we get better. So I wanted to talk about how to handle change, specifically in the workplace, obviously. 
daily and share some tips with our listeners, um, whether they're on the front line doing the daily operational tasks or maybe they're managers. And then obviously, you know, there's levels and we all have to adjust to change. So any sort of stories you guys have where you had to change and, and sort of take a step back and really talk yourself into like, okay, I can do this, even though you maybe weren't on board in the, on the get-go? I see you guys all shaking your heads. <laughs> Carly, you want to kick us off? Um, well, the I guess the thing that sticks out with me is just coming into a new job. And so that's a little different because it's not change within my current position, but it's it was change in every aspect of the structure of my day. A hundred percent change. Right. <laughs> so, you know, just going into it with a, you know, open attitude and just um, kind of checking in with people, making sure you're you're doing okay and um but just it's cliche but just embracing change and knowing that change is usually good it's for the better do you um, have to like tell yourself mentally like this is okay i can i mean what what are, what's sort of going on sometimes you got to pump yourself up a little bit <laughs> yeah but i was listening to um tim recorded a show a radio show where they were talking about risk and reward and they were talking about how um People say they want stability, but who really wants stability? You know, you want you want things to be constantly growing and getting better. So as much as you want, you know, things to be level and, you know, you're you're stable in your job, but you still want things to get better and grow. So change is good. <laughs> I would say um, so my my uh, profession, obviously, um, my background is more in project management. So I have had to learn to accept change, um, but I have to say that I've been told, unfortunately, <laughs> by uh, numerous people that I'm resistant to change. <laughs> but as a project manager, I have always had to, um, you know, be open to the change in a project schedule, um, decisions are made, and then I've had to be open to those decisions could be changed in um, in a month. And actually, Carly and I are managing a project together um, here at the Local Job Network, and I've told her, I'm like, now just because this group of people makes a decision today, we have to be totally open to the fact that they could undo that decision and change it in one or two months. Mm -hmm. And usually as a project manager, um, you know, the decisions that are made later in a schedule usually then impact the project manager more because the decision makers are not going to be impacted. So um, I think any project managers out there, you can probably relate to um, relate to the situation. But so, what do you just, do to sort of like embrace it? Um, I've just, I think, over the years, I've just gotten worn down by it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't really embraced it. I've just been beat down. By right, it. yeah. I mean, the good thing is, like, for the project that we're working on now, I'm expecting it. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm mentally planning for it. So I think that uh, that makes it easier. So always kind of looking ahead and looking at areas where, okay, this probably might change or... This could, right. This okay. could change and I've got to be prepared for it. Because if I... If I'm not prepared for it, you know, I cannot give attitude back because bottom line is the the decision makers, this is what they want. And my job is to manage the project moving forward. My job as a project manager isn't necessarily to agree or disagree. It's to make it happen. Yep. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of part of the role. 
Yeah. So I've gotten used to it. But when I was younger, you know, all you think it, you're, <laughs> you, you're just calculating in your head. Do you know what this is going to mean to me personally? Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and on a different side of the project management, um, a change, you know, a lot of change that I experience in my job is um, we, we do a lot of upgrades here. Um, phone systems, you know, we change things on the site, the processes. We're a um, technology company, I know. Azure. <laughs> that's, it, that's great. I wasn't saying anything. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of change that um, people will experience that way. I know that um, my husband and his company, they're currently going through changing all their PCs over to Macs. You know, it's to be a change like that. Um, yeah. So it's going to be, that would be probably intense for a lot of the employees that have never used a Mac. But the way that I do, um, how I kind of handle it is I always think about the the last change that I had to go through. And what I guess frustrates me is I've already mastered what I'm doing and then it gets changed and I'm like, ah, this is going to slow me down. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's more of where my panic and my frustration comes in. But I just have to take a minute and realize that, okay, I'm going to master this too. And you know, and it's always going to be evolving and it's always going to be changing. And like Carly had said, is it's probably changing for the better. So just keep yourself, you know, motivated that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like for the most part when things are changing, let's say a project is moving a different direction or maybe we stop it to put our energies on something else. It's usually for the betterment of the company. Um, so just like Lynn said, or Carly said, either embrace it or like Lynn said, you just get worn down by it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which brings us to our final topic. Lynn, what did you want to close the quad with today? Well, in, um, in the past recent weeks, we've heard a lot in the media about um, the decision that Yahoo's CEO recently announced that telecommuting for its employees would no longer be allowed. And that was in order to improve productivity and drive innovation. So this has been getting a lot of play on all the different talk shows and on the radio. So I thought, hey, this has to do with work. Why don't I bring it to the quad and see how everyone (laughs) else would weigh in? And actually, I think, um, if I recall correctly, Carly, you actually were in a 100% telecommuting um, position prior. Right, yeah. So I was wondering what you thought of this. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear, um, like, the the reasoning behind it and how they're presenting it to the employees. I, I don't know. It's it's tricky. I feel like people have been doing it for so long, and that's why it's hard for them, obviously, and it's change, and it's different. Um, but to find out why it's so important, like, I think it's the CEO needs to justify it in a certain way. Um, but, yeah, telecommuting, it's it works for a lot of people really well, and some people need to do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those people who are telecommuting, like, fight it or if they accept it. I don't know. Did you know uh, Melissa, is it Mayer? Is that Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R? She's actually from Wisconsin, Wasa. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I found that to be interesting. But anyway, um, I actually, I I, I disagree with her her premise. I feel like um, it's not either all or nothing. And I can only say this because I can speak from experience. I um, come into the office part-time, then I telecommute the other time. 
And I personally get more done on the days where I'm telecommuting. And I think, I I actually don't know why. I don't know if it's because I have less interruption or I I don't know really how to articulate it, but I actually get more stuff done um, off my list, moving things forward on the days that I'm telecommuting. When I'm in the office, I'm in like a lot of meetings. So I don't know if it's like maybe if it was spread out, it would be differently. I, I, I don't know. But I do get a lot of stuff done. I do enjoy those days. However, on the flip side, her argument is that it is to boost um, innovation and collaboration mm-hmm. and that some of that happens from having a conversation with someone in the hallway or going to lunch with someone. And that I do agree with. I, I There's a lot of conversations that I'll have with someone and I'll jot down a note really quick and say, oh, I should bring that up to maybe my manager or something like that. So I think that there's going to be a balance because statistically, I mean, Stanford released a study, the University of Texas of, of Austin released a study, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released, they all released the studies, different studies saying that it actually increases productivity. And I think... Um, we sometimes telecommute our whole office depending on weather. And on those days, we've had the highest sales in really? the entire company on those huh. days. So I think you just have to be careful and pay attention to what statistics say. I think, though, what I suspect, Carly, in, in sort of what you were getting at, perhaps maybe people are getting complacent when they're working mm. at home mm. and doing other things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. And yeah. she's just like, okay, enough's enough. I think it has to be monitored. I think it has to be like, okay, maybe once a week or twice, whatever it is. Right. Um, and and I and I and then you can have those days where you get an extra five to seven hours in <laughs> of work. <laughs> I think you definitely have to be a disciplined person oh, for sure. in order to make the schedule work, and you can have a lot of distractions. Right. And I think right. you have to. I think you have to prove that you've earned it, too. Like yes. We hire a lot of job seekers fresh out of college, right? just graduated. And this is not to offend them or anything, but let's be honest. Our first class starts at 11, 12. You know, <laughs> we sleep in a little bit. And then you get to an office where you're, you have to be there Monday through Friday. You need to show right. up by 730. It's a, it's a culture shock. And to give quickly to someone, oh, you can work from home, no problem. I don't know that that's in the best interest of the organization, and that I disagree with. But if you've been with the organization and you've been promoted and you've shown that you're a hard worker and you're disciplined and you're meeting deadlines, and then they give you this opportunity, because that's what it is, it's an opportunity, Right. you have to almost work those extra five to seven hours to show, like, you can give this to me and I can show you that I can do a good job at it. And I think that that's sort of how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I'm kind of torn on this issue, too, because I can see the points of wanting to have um, the ideas flowing. Let's say you and I go to lunch together because you're in the office and we start chatting about work. And where if you were telecommuting from home, you know, we maybe wouldn't have had that that conversation. But I also feel like with telecommuting, you open your organization up to a whole different network of employees, that, you know, valuable employees that could be bringing a lot to the table, too, um, just because they might be in a different state and they might not be willing to move, but now you can still tap into um, their talents. I was actually at a Chicago ILG meeting. It's an industry liaison group meeting where federal contractors and subcontractors and all these government officials get together and they talk, and they were actually saying that very thing, that they're willing to pay for that person maybe in California 
a little extra money, even if they're working from home, because that's the talent that they need. And so they were going back. It was a totally different topic, but it sort of brought up that conversation where it's like, but the person I want is across the U.S., (laughs) so I want to make it happen for the betterment of my company. So... I don't know. I think she um, she's probably there's probably something more going on that we don't yeah. know about, um, but she's obviously doing it for the betterment of her organization. Well, and Yahoo actually, you know, she was brought in to change that company, so um, she's been known to look at a lot of statistics, and you know, she's been given a, a I think a, a difficult undertaking by trying to turn around a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was your thought so, on it? Um, you know, I. Um, I obviously I have a mix type of a work situation now because I'm supposed to be part time, but all the days that I'm not here, <laughs> I, I end up <laughs> telecommuting. <laughs> so on the days that I'm not here, it's like you know I'm like so focused and I'm just like rifling through things, so I can be very focused at home, but. I do um, enjoy coming into the office and interacting with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do it five days a week, and you know that's that would just be it because I do. You know, I like to walk around and meet with people, and I agree with you. I don't. So. I I'm not built for five days a week. Yeah, either for telecommuting. Telecommuting. Yeah. I'm not built for yeah. it. No. And no. What Lynn was saying um, earlier, you know, you said that she was brought in to change the company. I can see how that would be really hard to change the company and kind of give it a fresh um, face, if you will, if everyone's not in the same building. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense. Seems like there should be room for a compromise somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good luck to them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, who knows? I don't know if we're going to come to a definitive answer today, but we're going to... Well, I don't think there's any answers on there, but there sure are a lot of, <laughs> a lot sh- of comments. Yep, I'm sure we'll follow the story and see where it takes us. So to that end, I think we've covered a solid range of topics for today. And if you would like to suggest any other topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. For Carly Rubach, Azure Mahara, and Lynn Molitor, I'm Jacqueline Peterson, and thanks for listening.